Hello there, and welcome to episode 50 of Kazobop. I am your host for this episode, Willie. And as usual, we got my co-host and cousin, Ivy. Isaiah, what's good? Episode 50, baby. We made it, bro. We're at half of 100. That's absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it is, bro. And it's happened slowly, but very, very quickly, too. Um, so today, we've got part two of our little special series of looking back to 2023. Today, we're going to be looking at TV shows that released in 2023 and completed in 2023. You know, because there are some shows that sneak its way in at the end of December, Percy Jackson, other things like that. They, they're like, let's start now and then keep it going in 2024. So we're not going to be handling those shows just because how can we talk about something that's incomplete, you know? There's a lot of shows that dropped in 2023. And there, there, there was some conversation about how can we even do this episode? How is this going to be possible? Well, let's, let's listen and find out, shall we? Yes, sir. I'm with it. I mean, I told Willie I have anxiety about this episode. Uh, I don't know how I could dare to fit the 20 plus uh, different TV shows that I enjoyed and would say I, you know, would show some love to individually, you know, but we're going to attempt to do it nonetheless. And hopefully for you as a listener, at the end of the day, it's a trip backwards. If you're hearing some shows you didn't watch, you maybe come out of this with some recommendations. If you're hearing some shows that you did watch, you're not crazy. That show was fire or you are crazy. That show was ass respectfully, you know, but let's look back at 2023 because it was despite the strike a very fruitful year for tv yes sir so we're gonna just we're just gonna start off by talking about the shows that you've already heard our thoughts on here on Cuzzlewop. there are some shows that we have full episodes dedicated to and so we're just gonna go through these very quickly you could go back and listen to our episodes on these shows to kind of hear our, our larger thoughts. Um, but yeah, man, I want to start with the the Last of Us. That was the the very top of the year, 2023, January. This show began on HBO, and I believe it is universally agreed upon that this show was a success. We loved it. We're huge fans of The Last of Us video game and The Last of Us TV show. It came through and it did some very strong things. It had some very strong episodes, characters, moments, you know. And and for me, I know that this is this is a hot take. The show does some things better than the games. And I'm not going to claim that this next thing I'm about to say is better. I just liked it more here. Um, the character of Ellie. I loved Ellie more on the show than I did in The Last of Us 1. And there's so much about that show. You got to go back and listen to our episode that I love. So what about the, what about you, bro? The Last of Us. I don't even think that takes that hot, me personally. I think about so many people. You know, we, we mentioned this in our Last of Us episode last year. Um, there's so many people who their first experience of Ellie will be the TV show. And then they'll play the game. And I think that a lot of those people will be disappointed because I think that the role was played so well in this live action. Um, all of these roles were played very well. Um, 
but we can't remember that we can't forget the source material you know what i mean we know where it came from obviously you know um but yeah man last of us took the whole world by storm every person that has access to my hbo max account was trying to watch the episodes at the exact same time and we all just kept kicking each other off and i'm and i know we're not the only ones with those stories because everywhere you looked people who had no business talking about last of us were talking about last of us it was a big w for for gaming you know to see this live action and and, and live actions are often big failures and yet they did the seemingly impossible and adapted and and honestly complemented the world of last of us via the tv medium you know um casting was beautiful writing was beautiful the game has always been the story has always been uh, a strenuous story it, it, it takes from you to be able to enjoy and to engage in this story and i think sometimes those are the best television shows you know there's a space for the lighter ones but there's a weight that they navigated with a lot of intensity and grace at the same time in this show and i think that's why it's one of the top dogs of 2023 top dog one of the top let's jump to from one Pedro Pascal show to another, The Mandalorian Season 3. You know, um, Mandalorian Season 3, it pulled up and it, and it changed the way that the show was being handled. It changed the vibe of the show. Not everybody liked that. Um, but I think here at Kuzawat, we appreciated the change. Um, even if we thought that maybe it was our, still our least favorite season of the show, it did a lot. That, that we loved, and I know for you especially, but for me too, actually, uh, the character of Bo-Katan, bro, that, that was big for us. So go back and listen to our Mando episode. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I want to mention that because I think Bo-Katan, she, she cooked, bro. She cooked, and, and again, man, this is one of those unique situations where, you know, Last of Us had a couple of these which were cool. They were like cameos that were connected to the actual actors that played the game. But Katie Sackhoff is a cross medium depiction of Bo-Katan. She's been the animated voice. She was in Clone Wars and Rebels, both animated voice acting opportunities for her. And yet she still got to play the live action character, which is not, it's not common. She did it and she killed it. She did it and she worked it. We don't even know who Bo-Katan is without Katie Sackhoff. So I want to just stop and show love to her because we'll have other conversations about other actors and actresses this year, but she's one of my standouts. She, she made the first quarter, first half of the year enjoyable because I think she was my favorite Mandalorian in the whole story of, of that season. So, I mean, the season shifted and put her in a leading role for a reason, bro. Katie was strong. Tap in episode 14 of Kuzawap, The Mandalorian season three. We're going to jump from one Star Wars project to another, uh, Ahsoka. My highly anticipated project for 2023 when it came to Star Wars. And it delivered for me. It delivered for me. I know that you enjoyed it, more or less. And um, yeah, Ray Stevenson, Ariana Greenblatt, Hayden Christensen. So many others, bro. Iman, one of the best Star Wars castings that we've gotten for an animated character coming to live action. Y'all got to tap in, bro. You got to tap in. Yeah, bro. Ahsoka, Ahsoka is just, I think that Star Wars, when it comes to their TV shows, 
they have they have um they're on the other end of that whack trilogy <laughs> and i think that at the end of the day you know there's some strengths and weaknesses to that to that trilogy but the tv shows have a large um shadow cast over them of like is it going to be good is it going to be a great and, and dave filoni has this over him john favreau has it over him and i just think ahsoka it 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 felt like it was going to be safe. It felt like they were going to play it safe. But then there's a point around like episode five, six, where they just went crazy bucko in that show. You know what I mean? And this is one of the most memorable moments of TV this year. What happened in that show, you know? So I don't want to zoom past that. Go listen to our episode for sure. Go and watch that show. I tell everyone, whether you like Star Wars or not, even if you just seen one episode of Clone Wars back when you were a kid, this is worth watching. Well, I mean, we're going to be here on Disney Plus for two more shows. Secret Invasion. Why are we even talking about shows that are trash? I don't understand that part. 2023, we can't just talk about the good. We got to talk about the bad, but we're not going to do it here, bro. Episode 27 is of, of Kuzawap. Go listen to that shit because we're going to move on to Loki season two, bro. Yeah, okay, bet. Now I can have this conversation. Look, bro, if you missed it, Right before the year ended, we dropped our Loki season two episode and we've said some crazy things. We said some crazy things. Um, this is some of Marvel's best shit. This is, this is, I double down. This is some of their best. You know what I mean? Um, look, man, Tom, bro, Tom, Tom cooked so crazy in this show that I think he's probably one of my favorite actors of the, of the year, but we can have that conversation later. We can have that conversation later, but it's one of those things, man, where it's just, it's a work of art. You know what I mean? Every piece. We go through pillars here at Kuzawap. We, you know, we talk cinematography, we talk sound, we talk, we talk acting, you know, we talk plot, we talk narrative and script. This show just was knocking it out the park on so many different levels. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's a perfect show, but it is damn near perfect um, in terms of Marvel and what they're cooking. If they brought this level of intentionality to other other places, it would be different, bro. It would be very different for them. I think there wouldn't be a lot of room for them to disrespect because they was penning, bro. They were writing their asses off of that show. Great show. Great freaking show this year. Yeah. Well, those are the ones that we've had the chance to give specific episodes to. And now let's let's open a floodgate to the shows that we weren't able to dedicate time to. And more than likely, you know, we won't be giving specific episodes to the seasons that have come out in 2023. But there are going to be shows that we talk about right now that when their new seasons come out, we'll get episodes when there's new things tied into them, they will be spoken about. And so I kind of want to start off with maybe some of the uh, the letdowns of 2023. You know, we've already mentioned that Secret Invasion was a letdown of, of 2023. And so do you have any letdowns or not even letdowns, maybe just shows that you thought were bad. You had no expectations. You watched and maybe you just think people shouldn't waste their time watching. One show for me is, you know, we we live in a day and age where Taylor Sheridan, you know, the writer of movies like Hell or High Water and shows like Yellowstone is, you know, a universe writer. You know what I mean? He, he, he writes shows that are connected, prequels, sequels, 
and Yellowstone is one of is won many awards. He's an esteemed writer and director in the TV space. And I think this year he just dropped the biggest dud of a show ever, you know, and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about Spec Ops Lioness. Um, you know, we've got a, a, a Lioness is a female, a female squad or a female um, class of soldiers that do works against getting close to terrorist organizations and then trying to take out terrorist heads. Um, and the team is led by Zoe Saldana. And it is some of the worst Zoe Saldana I've ever seen in my life, bro. And I just think expectations wise with a Taylor Sheridan show, you show up for great writing because that's what he's really good at. He's great at writing and tension and um, contrasting points. This show just was ass, top to bottom. Just waste of time. Uh, you know, you know when a show is bad? You know a show is bad? When it doesn't look bad, it just feels bad, but it looks like it shouldn't feel bad. I don't know how else to describe it. Like you're watching high-end shots, crazy shit. You know it costs mad money for them to get this show off the floor. But when you're done with it, you just are like, why did I watch this? That's how I felt every episode. But yet I finished it. I finished it. You know what I mean? So I'm really talking from a place where I completed it. Spec Ops Lioness, don't watch it. It's one of the weaker Taylor Sheridan's. Definitely one of the flops for me. 2023. What about you, Willie? Well, I mean, y'all seen Wolfpack? The Jeff Davis show that's Teen Wolf, but not Teen Wolf? Because I watched it just because I wanted to talk about it today. For no other reason than saying, let's let's talk about it on Kazawap. Ivy and I are fans of the MTV Teen Wolf show. Uh, specifically, or more precisely, you know, the season one and two, yeah, but that season three and four, yeah, you know. Wolfpack was a pack of ass. Sorry, Sarah Michelle Geller. Sorry, sorry, Dev- Jeff Davis, who we both met. We met Jeff Davis before, 14 Wolf. Pack of ass. Um, you know, some people are arguing that it was better than Team Wolf. I I just couldn't see it. At least the the good parts of Team Wolf. Um but then besides Wolfpack, you know, and I didn't have any expectations for Wolfpack, you know. I, I set my expectations accordingly with what Teen Wolf ended with, especially the Teen Wolf movie, which I'm not going to talk about this week. But another show that was just atrocious, Gotham Knights. CW's attempt at who knows what. Who knows what. Don't watch the show. Don't watch the show. You don't need to, bro. You don't need to. Um, But other than that, I don't know if I had necessarily seen anything that left me disappointed. Um, Do you got any other disappointments or things that you just would say if you're thinking about watching this? Maybe you shouldn't. You know, always form your own opinion, but maybe you shouldn't. Nah, man, I think... Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I've got anxiety not over the bad stuff, bro. There's a lot of good stuff that came out this year, more good than bad. So I'm ready to jump in on, you know, all, all everything TV that's that's in a good light. All right. Well, you think you have any middle ground shows? Because I got a few middle ground shows where I would say, you know, it was cool. But by the end of the year, I had to look at a list and say, oh, yeah, that did drop this year. You, you got anything that's that falls into that category? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'll just, uh, there's a couple of like, you know, uh, what's the word? Like junk food shows that, that my wife and I will watch every week. And there are unique things to them that I appreciate. But, you know, there's a show on Peacock. I think it's an NBC show called The, the Irrational. Um, and it has, I can't remember the actor's name, but he is Iris West's dad in The Flash from the CW show, that actor. Um, can't remember his name right now. But he is a professor that studies psychology and the way that we make rational and irrational patterns and decisions. And he's able to use those skills to deduce and solve cases. It's a it's a serialized show like any other show. A new case every episode. Learn more about the character. Learn more about the characters in that character's life. But I love it, man. It, it was it was a it was a junk food show that I look forward to watching every week. I thought that they wrote the crap out of it, and they use psychological principles that make a lot of sense. So if you're somebody who studies psych and is in the mind of like patterns in people and why people do different things and this is definitely a show for you. I would recommend watching it. It's an easy watch. Um, that sounds like mad fun, bro. Yeah, you're going to love that one. That's a good one. And then another one before I pass it over to you is Hijack. Um, Idris Elba did a show with Apple TV about a plane being stolen. And um, it's a mystery on why it's being stolen and who's involved. And Idris Elba is a negotiator that takes care of very high pressure deals between mergers and different companies that are have a lot of money. So he is great at negotiating. So he's on this plane. He's trying to negotiate with the terrorists. Um, and it's intense, man. Every episode, the first like three, four episodes go crazy. Reason why I put it in mediocre is because I didn't like the ending. I just thought the ending kind of lost its 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 spice. Nonetheless, it was a great watch. And it's Idris, bro. It's Idris, Idris, whatever you want to say, bro. He's Elba, bro. He's 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 been the sexiest man, you know what I mean? Once or twice, you feel me? 007, baby, 007, 007, 007, 007. I got a few. Um Bad Batch season two. I'm just not crazy about Bad Batch the way other people are, I think. You know, so many people have been saying, Oh my God, I love it so much. And I've had to keep it in my mind. And I've had to work to keep it in my mind to mention it on the episode. Cause I promise you, if I didn't think hard about it, I would have forgotten it came out in 2023. And I'm saddened by that. I'm saddened that a show like Bad Batch, who has 10 out of 10 episodes scattered and sprinkled in it, is so forgetful to me. Um, that's just that's just my thought on Bad Batch. It was just okay. You know, I could give you maybe three or four of the episodes from this season. I could probably tell you about. The most memorable moment is, spoiler alert, you know, Ian McDermott popping out as Palpatine in the mid-season finale where he comes out of the ground. And he's always one step ahead. They're always diving deeper into how awesome Palpatine is. So, Bad Batch mid-pack for me. Up next, we have... Uh, I don't want to say that these are my okay shows. They're just... Um, they they wouldn't necessarily be in my neck... In our next, like, great sticking with me shows. Um, two Walking Dead spinoffs dropped this year. We got, you know, spoiler alert, if you're watching The Walking Dead right now, don't listen to these two shows. We got Daryl Dixon bringing Daryl to a different area in his search for something specific. And... 
you know, I thought it was fun. It was fun to see Norman Reedus. You know, he's been in the leading role for The Walking Dead for a few years now. And to have him actually take on his own story that they are writing with intentionality for Norman rather than him just taking up Andrew Lincoln's spot has been great. It was fun. We're getting a season two on that. And that was cool. Dead City was cool for an entirely other reason. I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan. Negan is one of my favorite Walking Dead characters in history. And to have him and Lauren Cohen's character of Maggie play back and forth with each other, knowing the dynamic that those two characters share with one another and their shared history of trauma and hate. It was fantastic to watch that play out in their show. However, it wasn't fun when you consider that The Walking Dead had kind of handled the storyline already. And it felt like they had to regress the character progression a little bit to make the dynamic work the way they wanted to on the show. But it was fun to see Manhattan in the zombie apocalypse. We had never seen New York City in The Walking Dead universe before. And that's where this setting of the show took place. It was really fun to have that. Yeah. Um, and then I think I think last for this maybe okay category was the continental. I don't know if you caught that on Amazon yet. Um, it was okay. You know, I love the John Wick movies and I'm interested in this world that they've got building up. So, you know, maybe catch it eventually. It's no rush, no rush. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm definitely, you're not the first person that said that I should watch that actually. Um, and my wife and I keep passing it while we're looking for something to watch and, Maybe I'll jump in. Maybe I'll jump in. Um, I think I have probably one more uh, mediocre show. Um, I think just the the usual. You know me. If you've listened to any of the episodes of of Cuzzlewa where we talk favorites, I've always made mention of Law and Order of the Dick Wolf universe. I just want to say all the Law and Orders, you know, organized crime, um, SVUs, you know, Special Victims Unit, and then the FBI shows, FBI, FBI International, FBI. Um, most wanted all five of those shows went crazy this year and i'm sad that they delayed because of the strike obviously but i'm glad they're starting to come back all right well we're gonna move forward to the shows that made a, a lasting impact on us the shows that we would classify as great television no matter what genre it's in because you're gonna hear some mentions here you're like really really shush listen hopefully you put some respect on some names we're gonna start off bro with a show that I know you probably are going to have a lot more to say about than me because I actually just finished watching it for the first time maybe a week or two ago. Um, Beef. Yes, sir. I would say I would. I know we're getting ahead of it, but this this is probably my favorite show of 2023. Um, and you know what's wild about it? You know, I've mentioned this as well on episodes. My wife is the type that she likes serialized murders, uh, 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 mysteries that involve like killings and then people have to like, like she likes those kind of crime shows and stuff. And yet I, I'll never forget. We finished the last episode of beef and she looked over at me and she was like, that's some of the best TV I've ever seen. And I was like, you see, that's the type of language I want to hear from you. You know what I mean? This show is unique and a 24, we know it's a, a one, production company known for many unique movies but this was their first big splash in a very widely accepted and respected way in the tv space they've partnered with netflix did this show um 
The lead actress and the lead actor are winning awards left and right for a reason, is what I'm trying to say here. Beef is unique. It's well-written. It's well-paced. It's well-shot. There are certain shots in this show that are just like a work of art. It's like a picture of art. Um, a lot of subtext, letting the scenery and the photography speak to where the characters are, what they're going through, how they're feeling. And the concept is so small, you know, and then it blows up into something big. It's just these two people have beef. <laughs> these two people have beef with one another and their worlds are not as different as they think that they are, but they also are. And it's just beautiful. The characters are great. The actors and actresses are wonderful. It's actually quite funny in certain areas and it's intense. There's some really intense points um, in the show. Uh, the show ends with the two actors on a two actors on a without spoiling it on a trip like on an acid trip like drugged out like they're 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 eight shrooms like they're gone. It's just like to be able to take that kind of a concept, get it across a Netflix show, and then win awards on it. It just is a testament to how well it's written and how well it's conveyed. It's thoughtful. It's intentional. I, I can't say anymore. It's just too good. It's too good. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I do recommend you go and watch it. Um, there's a scene off Rip that stuck. I don't want to say it stuck with me, right? And this is going to get not, not real for a moment, but if you're not good with like suicide talk, then don't listen. Um, I've never contemplated suicide, but I know people who have. And there's a scene in the in the first episode with uh, Steven Yoon, who's one of the main characters, and he's in like a Home Depot or something like that. And he's buying and returning smoke detectors. And the guy says, you've done this shit four times, right? And you're men I'm over here thinking, is he a scammer? Does he do something with them and return them for money or something? But by the end of the episode, you see that he's trying to commit suicide by like carbon monoxide. And he's using the smoke detector to determine when it's passing the point where he's like good to die or not, but he keeps not doing it. And I thought that stuck with me a lot because it, it, it reminds a reminder that you never know what people are doing with what, right? And so you got to be cautious. You got to be careful with how you speak to people because everybody on this show is on edge. They're one bad thing away from punching someone in the face, from getting into a car accident because of their anger. So that moment stuck with me. I was like, oh, that was sick. But yeah, you know, to move forward from the beef, you know, I'm going to take this to, to the anim animated realm real quick. Um... And I'm actually going to back-to-back it with something else. So we got My Adventures with Superman. New Superman animated show. Does it do some funky, weird stuff with some of the character design? Sure. But does it get the heart of who Superman is at the core of his character? And is it just a super fun Superman show? It's just, it's just awesome to see Superman get like the light that he deserves. Which is why we're going to jump over to Superman and Lois with its third season in 2023. Superman's making a comeback, bro. You know, he disappeared. I think Batman took over the media as the 90s went on and then the 2000s came through. And then they tried to bring Superman back. All respect to, to 2006, but nah. You know, Zack Snyder tried to bring him back with Man of Steel. And I enjoy Man of Steel a lot, but there's no doubt that that is not Superman. That is not the Boy Scout. Superman and Lois is the Boy Scout, is my favorite live action Superman, is my favorite rendition of Superman ever. 
I love Tyler Hecklin. I love the way he plays the character. I love season three. The introduction to Superman's greatest villain. If you know who that is, you do. If you don't, you don't. Played brilliantly by my man from The Walking Dead, Michael Cudlitz. And season three is just leading into the final season of the show, dropping at some point. I'm not sure when, but two Superman shows, Superman fans, which I do consider myself one. And I've actually been growing in that journey as the years have gone on. We're eating great in 2023, bro. Eating great in 2023. Yeah, I need to check out. I need to check out that Superman. Anything Superman, especially with James Gunn coming to rebrand in in 2025 um, for all of DC. So, but that's movies. We keep it on. We keep it on TV, and we'll keep it animated. I do want to stop and talk a little bit about Scott Pilgrim takes off. Um, listen, uh, if you like Scott Pilgrim, the game or the movie, or the comic, any level of Scott Pilgrim at all, particularly the movie, this is a show for you. Um, What I liked about this show is not just the anime art that they brought to the Scott Pilgrim world. You know, we saw Cyberpunk do this back in 2022 with Edge Runners, right? You brought an anime look. It adds to certain tonal approaches to the story that you can do certain weird wonky things that you can animate that speak a lot louder and clearer than other live action depictions might. But what's really unique about this Scott Pilgrim's takes Scott Pilgrim takes off is that they decided to write a brand new story. This isn't an anime depiction of the same story. This is a brand new story, a story around the actual story. And I think that was really cool. I love that they wrote something unique. Um, it just goes to show, man, one world can be taken and moved and done. And and that's what we're seeing a lot right now. And a lot of this cross medium depiction, Last of Us was a game. Now it's a TV show. You know what I mean? Clone Wars and, and, and the Rebels depiction of Bo-Katan in an animated sense. Now we're seeing her in live action, The Mandalorian. This is going to continue to happen. I love it. I love it. And Scott Pilgrim did it well. It was tasteful. Music went crazy. Fight scenes were bucko. I just loved watching it. It was fun. It was a fun show. Yeah, you know, I made a promise to you on our news episode that I would be watching Scott Pilgrim the movie the day before the show came out. And I did. So I watched the show and I appreciated the differences, bro. I did. Um, I, I, I very much loved hearing the cast from the movie as the cast from the show. Like to have Knives so I, you killed him, you bitch. I was like, okay, heard you, bro. Heard you. Um, it was real fun. It was just a fun show. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, my last animated project in the realm of DC, funny enough, bro, Harley Quinn, season four, HBO Max. It's so stupid. It's a stupid-ass show. It's It's a rated mature or rated R Harley Quinn animated show that just does the dumbest of things in the DC universe. And some people don't like it because they're like, some of these DC characters, like why does Batman seem like a drunk father? And why does Damien look like such a little baby? Because the show is told through the perspective of Harley Quinn. And it's just crazy to have her punch a guy in the face and he'll be like what the fuck Harley and she's like oh my god I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that and it's just a comedy bro 
it's a comedy show. It's not meant to be taken like be- Batman the Animated Series or Batman Beyond or Young Justice. This show is strictly comedy, bro. So when you have Harley Quinn pick up a gun and shoot someone, but nothing happens, and he's like, what did that do? And she looks at it, and it says cancer ray on it. And one of the other goons go, yo, Harley, you shot him with a cancer ray. Why would you do that? She goes, oh, my fucking God, I'm sorry. I, I, I just meant to shoot you, like, kill you, bro. I didn't mean to give you cancer. He goes... Harley Quinn gave me cancer. Like, shit like that, bro. Cancer ain't funny. But the concept of that being what the show is, is it's kind of wild, bro. I would check it out. If you're just bored, like, episode two of season four is titled Bitch. And that's just it. It's a fun show. I, I have no other way to explain that but that. I, did, I didn't even know of that show. So now that you told me, I'm going to have to check it out. As we're rising up, in the the shows towards some of our favorites you know i do want to stop and do these because they're not medium shows or like mediocre shows these are like still pretty great shows but they're not the top of my list that i'm about to hit you with um i very much enjoyed a show on hulu that finished right as the year ended called a murder at the end of the world it was a fire show conceptually very very fire um, it's about a girl who has always been obsessed with solving mysteries on John Doe's and Jane Doe's bodies that no one knows who is the killer of this particular individual. And her obsession is because her dad is a coroner and she grows up around dead bodies. So she's like desensitized to them and also infatuated with solving their mysteries. So you get a concurrent story of her in her obsession as a younger girl, but then also a modern day story of an invitation she receives to go to almost like an Elon Musk type of character's private facility in, 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 in almost in Antarctica. Actually, I think it's Antarctica that it's in. And while she's there a murder happens in this isolated place that she goes and she has to solve it and it is just two concurrent storylines the entire time the filming is beautiful the writing is excellent the actress is so good all of the acting is great one of the things i do want to highlight is this year there was a movie that came out called the iron claw and it had Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, shout out to the bear. And a guy named Harris Dickinson is the third main brother in that movie. Harris Dickinson is the supporting actor in this show and he kills his role. He plays a guy named Bill. I loved him here. Once I saw that he was in this, it was the deciding factor to go see The Iron Claw. I haven't seen it yet, but I don't need to see anything else. I just know that I'm gonna go, make time. And it isn't even just for Zac Efron or for Jeremy, it's for Harris. I want to see Harris do his thing. So recommend the show if you like mysteries and if you like great acting and great writing. It's an FX show also, so you know it's got that It's got that great. You feel me? Last couple shows on my end real quick is a documentary Secrets of Hillsong came out, and that's technically a TV show. I do want to say that that was the best doc I saw all year. I think the, the look into Hillsong Church and into... Carl Lentz and his failure and that his failure is not his own and the way they painted the picture. Cinematography is fire. The interviews are filmed well. It's all just a beautiful, it's a, it's a beautifully done show in terms of the style, but it's also a pretty heavy story. 
you know, and, and, um, and so, yeah, I recommend that you, you, you definitely watch that if you're, if you're about that world and about that life. Um, and then last but not least, I wanted to also give a big shout out to the night agent, which was a little slept on Netflix show came out more toward the top, kind of like April, May time of the year. Listen, man, this show, bro, it was about a secret service agent that works in a particular room in the white house, uh, as a night agent, he is responsible for answering a phone that gets buzzed by spies, just spies. Only spies call this one line and he's responsible for sitting at this phone and it never rings. And then it rings. And when it rings, it takes him on an insane adventure and they got some romance in that bitch. They got some fire action a character that you are rocking with OD because he's a goody two shoes. He's a good guy. He's 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 like the the stereotypical kind of savior complex type dude. And you like him because of that. He plays well. A good actor too. He's a good actor. Um, it's already got renewed for season two. We're just waiting for what's coming. But Night Agent, baby. Watch that one. My boy Peter was cooking. He was cooking in that show for sure. Well, I mean, I have two shows left. Um, Gen V. I know that you ain't really about the boys like that. Not necessarily because of any reason other than you don't know if you could stomach the show, right? Nah, bro. I think I think I think the boys it does take an iron stomach, but I watch Invincible all the same as an animated depiction of of people getting cut up and 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 my man Mark got his whole skull crushed open. You know what I mean? So I was like, I, I just haven't taken the time because I don't have the time to sit and watch that type of show considering I'm a dad and I got a kid and I got to find. So that's the real reason. But am I like uninterested? No, not at all. Except I saw a crazy clip from Gen V, a crazy clip from Gen V. And I said, okay, this is why I won't make time for this show anytime soon. I don't blame you, bro. I, I don't blame you, bro. There's a few scenes from season three of The Boys in particular that I think would make you say, you know what? Not right now. Not right now. Yeah, it's not the best show to watch while you have a two-year-old running around. Um, but hey, bro, Gen V was a fantastic spinoff show. People are worried that the boys' universe is going to be stretched too thin. They're worried that they're going to take it to places that they don't need to. But I think Gen V was a perfect way to implement and say like, hey, no, we can still do this, bro. We can still pop out and we can do our own thing, even if it's not tied down to the boys. Um, I thought it was a fantastic placement in between season three and four because they are connected like that where the impact of this show is heading into season four of The Boys. And so um, that's exciting. And it's paved the way to have more spinoff shows. We're getting a spinoff show called The Boys Mexico or something like that. And um, Diego Luna's tied into it from Andor, which I know you still haven't watched, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do in this universe. And Gen V, like I said, it was a good first step. I didn't like it as much as the boys, but how can I? You know, it's just so different. It's a brand new cast. It takes some time, right? I just, so many actors on the boys that I just enjoy, but fun-ass time. Do you have any more shows to dive into before we dive into a, a big one for both of us? Um, yeah, I think one of my top three shows for the last couple of years has been Only Murders in the Building. Um this show is numerous actors nominated and writing nominated for Emmys this year. 
Um, I think Only Murders in the Building is some of the most brilliant satire on television, me personally. Um, I think when they first dropped it, it was at the peak of when everyone was creating a podcast, shout out Kazuwap, and they came up with a way to take two best friends slash legends, Martin Short and Steve Martin, and give them an opportunity to rally off one another. They're legends. They're two legendary comedic actors, drama actors. And then they threw Selena Gomez in there. And we didn't know what he was going to do with that. This season, they took it to a new place and they brought, they didn't come, they didn't come slacking. They brought Meryl Streep as one of the main characters that you see in every episode. I'm talking about the legend, Meryl Streep. You know who else they brought? They brought Ant-Man himself, Paul Rudd, into the show. And they had teased him at the last episode of season two before they actually dropped season three this year. And nonetheless, I was like, oh, I don't know how they're going to do this. They bring in a lot of star power, bro. Meryl Streep, bro. And for me, bro, I just think they, when you have a lot of legends and talent on stage or on the show, you got to balance it out right. And they did it right. They did it well this season. You know, they continue to deepen these characters and continue to find new murder mysteries for these guys to solve that make sense, that aren't completely heinous. And then they keep making fun of the fact that they're the they're people who keep encountering murders, you know, like y'all are the reason why these murders happen in this building. You know what I mean? That murder didn't even happen in the building. So why are you trying to solve the murder? Like they make jokes while also playing on some big tropes in TV at the moment, having cameos. It's just funny, man. And then they do unique episodes, you know, like only murders has an episode in season two or actually season one when there's a deaf character that you just see everything from the perspective of, and there's no sound for the entire episode. The entire episode is just completely quiet and they sign and you see that you read the subtitles and it's, it's just, it's cool that they take an avenue like this to try new creative freedoms and they haven't gotten tired. They did musical this year. So we had Steve Martin rapping, rapping in the show, you know, Martin short back in his director bag, going crazy. Jack Frost on some Santa Claus three type timing. Like it's, it was great, bro. Only Murders in the Building. Watch the show. Hulu. It's a must watch. It's getting awards for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you mentioned that you kind of had a favorite from 2023, but I have a favorite from 2023 also. The Bear. Come on, son. Talk about The Bear, bro. The Bear season two. Some people debate, is it better than the first season? Is it not better? What did they do? Good, not good? Listen, they're both fantastic. Why are we debating what's better or not from these two seasons? They're telling different stories. It's a different genre. You know, they, they're, it's, is it a comedy? Is it a drama? I know we have some debating opinions out there. For me, I could see the case for both. Season two of The Bear did some cool shit because. They took every single character, for the most part, that you cared about from the first season of that show, and they went deep into who they were as people. They were giving people full-fledged episodes, basically to themselves, left and right. For the first season, you'd think, all right, yeah, we're here for Carmi, and Carmi, and that's it. 
We're only here for Carmi, right? Everybody else in the show is meant to uh, to lift him up. That's kind of what the first season is is hinting towards. Season two says, nah, fuck that. Marcus, we're going to dive into his mom being sick. We're going to send him away to another country to learn how to make food for the restaurant and have him go through character development in that other country. Sydney, we're going to dive deeper into her, how her father and, and father-daughter dynamic works and how her father doesn't really understand and how she has a lot of burden put down on her because of all the time she is devoted to this dream that just hasn't panned out for her. We're going to dive into Tina, one of my favorite characters on the show, and how she's never really been given a chance. And yeah, she's a sassy Spanish lady in the restaurant, but there's so much more to her than that, that you start to understand that that sassy Spanish lady is just a shield from all the hurt she has inside of her and how they let her explore that hurt and heal from it this season. Natalie Berzato. They do some crazy stuff with Natalie that a lot of people out there can like really connect with when it comes to hurt from your parents and how you made like you don't even want to pass that down to a child that you don't even have yet. Carmi is fantastic this season, obviously, like the main character, but the best character, Richie. They ate with him this season, bro. Basically, what I'm trying to say is if you haven't seen The Bear, go watch season one and then hop into season two because I think that The Bear is going to go down as some of the great, some of the best television we've ever had, potentially. Yeah, man. I mean, just look at these Emmys, bro. There's a reason why it's getting shown so much love, this show. You know what I mean? And it's not because of one specific actor. We've got, we got, we got, a a team members you know what i mean all throughout the entire show um and then some and i'm talking about the fishes episode even the cameos go stupid you know what i mean um and they're intentional and they're and they're meaningful and um it's just beautiful writing it's beautiful writing i i think the whole show had me in my bag and I don't know if I like season two more than season one. I don't know if I want to have that conversation right now. What I do want to say is um, the development in this in this season was, like you said, bro, masterfully written. Masterfully written. And um, that last episode, bro, it put me in my bag, bro. You know what I mean? Seeing the bear in a cage blew my mind. You know, I was like, damn, they, they're really making a huge statement right now. Um, the scene, the scene when in that episode, when, um, Richie and him are yelling at each other and they have the camera so that you can see both of them yelling through the wall, fire shot. That was a crazy shot. You know what I mean? Everyone around Carmi is evolving and Carmi still can evolve. Right. And, and the show makes you think that he has been evolving with his relationship with Claire and all that, but you realize he's not. He is stuck in the same spot that he ended season one in, and he hates himself for it. He and and he has suppressed himself from being able to move on. It's not even the situations around him. He's doing it to himself. And yet he's been a catalyst in the growth of everyone else that's in the team. So he, we know that the ability for him to do this is there, but he vicariously grows through the people that he has on his team, puts Richie in that position, you know what I mean? Puts Marcus in that position, gives room for Sydney to do the things that she does. And yet what's most important to him 
with the Claire relationship, you know, he burns that bridge. He burns his relationship with Richie by the end of that last episode. And I just, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what's to come. Um, these guys just write, they write really well. They, they film well as a cook. I like cooking shows too. And I love that part of the show. I love when they'll give an entire, like good five minute segment to Sydney creating food for Nat. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. I like that they took the time to do that. Yeah, man, you know, talking about emotion from that last episode, you know, to have, first off, episode six, Fishes, you throw in John Bernthal, Jamie Lee Curtis, Bob Odenkirk, uh, John Mulaney, Sarah Paulson. You're, you're building up this huge dynamic cast of characters battling against one another, and Fishes is great for its own reasons, like... If you can't relate to fishes, then maybe you should be considered blessed. But I feel like we can all relate to fishes in some way, shape, or form. I definitely know you and I can, IV. We relate to that shit heavily. Yeah. So to have those cast of characters from fishes come in, right? And you and and you know, we had kind of gotten used to characters popping up for one episode and moving on, right? You know, we had Will Poulter earlier this season. He showed up, did what he did, and left. To go to episode 10. Right. And you can tell that Natalie is nervous because she invited her mom to come to the restaurant opening. She's nervous and they're saying she's not going to show up and to have her husband who of all characters. Right. Pete, like who really do you care about Pete? No, Pete's just kind of like the laughable character that you can laugh at, not even with you laugh at him. To have him take up the role of a husband. And go outside to greet his mother-in-law, who he knows his wife has a terrible relationship with, and have a real heart-to-heart with her. Bro, the scene where he's out there with Jamie Lee Curtis, I was crying during that scene. They acted their asses off. I was like, yo, Pete, mad respect to you. And then to have Pete come inside and Natalie come sit down with him and to have him have to swallow all the shit he just had went through outside for his wife and then be there for her because she's grieving and he can't even grieve for, like he's grieving for her, but he has to be, that shit was fire, bro. I'm going to put all the respect on Pete's name, bro. All the respect on Pete's name. But yeah, bro, it's, 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 it's magnificent. It's magnificent. So let's move in, bro. To the part I know you've been dreading the most for this episode, if you've managed to do it, top three, if you can, if not, it's okay. Top three episodes of television 2023, bro. Oh, man, I hate you. Uh, I know what one of yours is. I'm not putting them in any specific order. I know what one of yours is, so I'm not going to steal yours. But in terms of The Bear, which is definitely top three shows I've watched this year, I would say that episode four, Honey Do, when we have Marcus in Denmark with Chef Luca, I, I, liked, I liked that episode because I like Marcus as a character. I just like Marcus. Um, beautiful. Watching them, watch them make pastry, pastries and the art and the discipline and him waking up in 5 a.m. and being in a beautiful area. It gave me wanderlust. It gave me, man, it's so cool to be outside a fish out of water. Marcus is a fish out of water and I feel like a fish out of water watching Marcus do that. And I think that's how, that's how you know it was written well. And it's close to the heart of that character's development. Great episode. I'd say that 
Um, another favorite from the year was the Ken episode from Last of Us. This is the episode when Joel, Ellie finally make it to the town and Joel gets to see his brother. There's a heart to heart conversation between his brother and him that is very meaningful in that episode that made the episode for me. And it's probably my favorite because of that, because of that moment. Some of what comes out of Joel, we get some of the authenticity of Joel for the first time in the entire episode, uh, it comes out of him straight up because his brother can get it out of him. Um, great freaking episode. Love that. Last but not least, I want to just say the first episode of beef, first episode of beef, uh, the birds don't sing. They screech in pain, sets the scene, sets the beef. Everything from then on wouldn't exist without this first episode. I love so many episodes from that show that I'm just go with the first one. You know what I mean? It's like the Bible, bro. Genesis goes crazy. It basically says everything's about to go on in every all the other 65 books. You know what I mean? Crazy. Yeah, bro. So, you know, we we just going to hit this. Uh, I'm going to do mine now. You know, we we are sticking to one episode per season because it would be cheating to throw two The Bear episodes in. Um, Forks from The Bear. You know, they put... They, it's an all-Richie dedicated episode. And... I never would have thought that I would be smiling, laughing, uncontrollably, almost crying at a grown-ass 45-year-old man singing Taylor Swift in his car. But you never know what you're going to get when you watch The Bear, bro. He he started the season talking about purpose. And now his greatest fear was that everyone around him was going to leave him because he had no purpose in life. And then he finds his purpose because of forks, bro with Olivia Coleman at the helm of that episode telling him, find your shit, bro. You could do it. He does it, bro. Oof. Last of Us. Long, long time. A beautiful episode of the show, bro. Love. Love in an apocalypse. Love when the world ends. When you sit and you think about how in the timeline of that show, it took the end of the world for those two to be able to find love probably easier than would have if the world remained the same and they made love a beautiful place. They was, they found a beautiful thing at the end of the world. That shit was glorious. And then last but not least for me, you know, for my personal, like just choice, I'm probably going to go with Ahsoka episode four. I think shocker, right? Not episode five. Um, Ray Stevenson. I love them. And, Rosario was great in that episode. I feel like I feel like putting all your Star Wars love aside, okay? Because those are what the following episodes really paid a lot of like its hype off of. This episode in particular was incredibly strong from Ahsoka. So episode four from a season one of Ahsoka, episode seven of season two of The Bear, and episode three of The Last of Us are my favorite episodes of 2023 television. And that's that. You know why it's that? Because at the end of the day, strike or not, there were some amazing shows that came out this year. And it's hard to decide what's the best and what's not because there are so many contenders. You know, you look at contrast our conversation in video games. There, there are some pretty usual suspects. Bachelor like four or five, you know, movies is probably going to be a bachelor about three, three, four. That will probably TVs was ro- TV shows were robust in quality this year. Um, and so it's been nothing but an honor to be able to look through each of these shows and mention some of them along the way, dedicate specific episodes to certain shows. And we intend to do no different when we get to 2024 here and we start looking at all of the different TV shows that come out this year. 
it just keeps on coming on. You feel me? All right. Well, to to spare IV of any more pain from having to talk about great television that he loves so much, um, the Kazawap 2023 television season award, you know, it's going to the Bear season two. It was fantastic. A fantastic season. You know, even if it wasn't Ivy's favorite, you know, it was it was up there very close second. And so my number one plus his number two, that's that's Cousin Wop 2023 award. You know, um, TV was great this year. I'm excited for 2024 TV. Go back, listen to our looking forward to 2024 episode to hear more about that. And tap in next week to hear our uh, part three of our looking back episodes as we look into movies. Uh Man, TV, bro. TV was so great this year. But yeah, that's all. Um, yeah, man. Great, fun time talking about some television. I got some stuff that I need to go back and watch now after this one. As usual, you know, you're always going to f- find some new information if you keep your mind open when it comes to one of the three mediums, whether it's movies, video games, or TV. Every time that you're checking out an episode of Cuzzlewop, if there's something that jumped out to you, maybe you have a favorite show that we didn't mention. We have a prompting underneath our YouTube episode here, as well as on our streaming services. We want to hear what was your favorite TV show or TV episodes from 2023. We love the participation from the community and the people who take a listen. We're going to reply. We'll let you know what we think. Um, If you agree with our choices, we'll let you know. Then you have common sense because the bear went crazy. You know what I mean? Something light. You feel me? But anyways, we're looking forward to 2024 and we're looking forward to next week as we conclude our look back at 2023. Uh, Continue to stay tapped into us. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, We are big on Spotify with questions and polls and Q&As. So particularly in that area, we'd love for your interaction and then YouTube comment section. That's where we always are. We got mad love for everyone who's taken a listen with us, who rang in the new year with us and are excited to continue to listen to more episodes here in 2024. All in all, man, we just want you to know that if you listen to even one episode of Cuzzle Op in 2023, we're grateful. Keep rocking with us. It's just getting started. Know that every time that you tap into an episode of Cuzzle Wop, you're always going to find two cousins, one podcast, and endless